Welcome to GovCast, connecting with federal IT's top decision makers. I'm Alexander Bolova, production lead at GovCIO Media and Research, and today we will be discussing recent announcements around new AI frameworks and what they mean for federal agencies. With me today are Deputy Editor Kate Macri, Senior Researcher Sarah Seibert, and Staff Writer Researcher Nikki Henderson. Thank you all for joining me. Thanks, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Somehow, we're already a month into 2023, which does not feel like a real year. How are everybody's New Year's resolutions faring? I feel like I'm doing pretty good so far. What's your resolution? You don't have to uh, disclose. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm trying to read more this year than I did last year, which is going pretty well. I'm making some good progress. And I'm also trying to invest in some more of my friendships, which I feel like is also going well. So, yeah. Those are good ones. I think I also, Alex and I were talking about this earlier, but also have set new reading goals for myself. So I'm a book and a half in to the year. (laughs) Alex, how's yours? My New Year's resolution was to read through my bookshelf. I've managed to finish one book. So one down, 29 to go. Nikki, do you have a non-reading New Year's resolution? I do. Mine was a prioritization. And um, I have to say, so far, so good. I'm keeping more detailed lists of tasks that I have to complete and checking them off um, the way I'm supposed to. So I just hope I can keep it up through the year. Keeping up the New Year's resolution momentum is difficult, but definitely worth it. Just like how it is important to keep up the momentum on our topic today. It's been an exciting time in the world of federal AI, with last week giving us not one, but two new frameworks, the National AI Research Resource and NIST's AI Risk Management Framework. And let's not forget about last fall's Blueprint for an AI Bill of Rights. So today, we're going to unpack the content of these frameworks and what they could mean for federal agencies across government. But before all that, let's start with a simple, or maybe not so simple, question. Why is AI so important to the federal government, and why do we need all of these frameworks? Yeah, my perspective of AI in government is very broadly to make government more efficient. Uh, It has a lot to do with automation and taking out human error, but it comes with its own slew of challenges, which is what these frameworks and publications and documents are trying to address because the algorithms could be biased. And I'll take the healthcare perspective on this one. You don't want biases in technology that are determining how to care for a patient. Um, So that's where VA kind of plays a role in AI. They're trying to limit these biases and make it more governable. So even though you don't necessarily need a human to sift through all of this information, you still want humans to monitor it. So continuous monitoring comes into play when we talk about AI. So overall, the golden standard, what agencies are shooting for is having AI make them more efficient, but having it explainable 
trustworthy, understandable by humans. So you're getting the best of both worlds. So let's start with an overview of the National AI Research Resource. In 2020, Congress directed the National Science Foundation and the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy to put together an AI research task force and create a roadmap for the National AI Research Resource, which aims to provide AI researchers with funding and resources such as high quality data, computational technologies, and more. The task force just released their first report last month, which outlines four goals. Kate, could you tell me what these goals are? So the four goals are spur innovation, increase diversity of talent, improve capacity, and spur trustworthy AI. And obviously the spur trustworthy AI is like the hot topic of the moment because that's something that everyone's really focused on right now. And we've already talked about a little bit in this episode, which is how do we develop AI that is ethical, that doesn't perpetuate longstanding biases in data sets and government, which is like a really big problem because, you know, we have like structural and institutional racism across pretty much every federal agency, especially when it comes to data collection and how data is handled. So how are we going to develop AI computational models to streamline that data in a way that's actually moving us forward and making government services more equitable and more accessible without just further cementing the problems that we already have. And I think that's the big question of the moment. So I think that's really the most interesting part about this report. And the National AI Research Resource, one of their big goals is to basically put together this R&D hub for AI researchers, various people with AI credentials, people who are interested in AI to come and research AI and having have the funding and the resources to do it. And it's supposed to target, you know, and be available to people who may not otherwise be able to get the funding or like the green light from their university either because of, you know, just inequities in the system or because of just like just not having the resources for it. So I think it's interesting that like the goal of this is also just to democratize AI research in general across the country. So I'm interested to see where they're going to take this. Yeah, I totally agree with Kate. I think that trustworthy AI, initially government was just like AI <laughs> in general. This is awesome. It has a ton of benefits when you're looking at it up front, but it comes with its own set of challenges. Like you may be removing human error, but are you perpetuating human bias through technology? So I think that's the question that all of these frameworks uh, we'll be discussing addresses and takes different perspectives on how government will do that. Well, another recent document was the National Institute of Standards and Technologies Artificial Intelligence Risk Management Framework. Nikki, I know this has been in the works for a while. What's covered in this framework? Yes, Alex, um, the NIST AI Risk Management Framework that everyone has been waiting for uh, was finally released yesterday. In fact, it was 18 months in the making. So 
it's very exciting that this guidance is now available. Um, the main goals of this framework are to build agencies trust in AI technologies and to encourage AI innovation while mitigating the risks. NIST said that this framework should be used by organizations in different capacities so that everyone can benefit from AI technologies while also being protected from the potential harms. The AI risk management framework is actually split into two different sections. The first part is um, looking at how agencies can frame AI-related risks and outline the characteristics of trustworthy AI systems. And the second part is more uh, the core of the framework. It highlights four key functions, govern, map, measure, and manage to help agencies address the risks of AI systems in practice. So these functions can be applied in context-specific use cases and at any stages of the AI lifecycle. According to NIST Director Laura Lacasio, the framework can help organizations in any sector and any size to jumpstart or enhance their AI risk management approaches. So overall, uh, this is really good news for everyone involved and sectors across the board will definitely benefit from the NIST AI risk management framework for many years to come. The last of our AI triptych is the Blueprint for an AI Bill of Rights, which had been in the works since July 2021 and was announced last fall, I believe. It was. There are five key principles to this blueprint, right, Sarah? That's correct. Yeah, this framework's intended to serve as a guiding tool with recommendations and best practices for the design, development, and use of trustworthy AI. So as you mentioned, its development has been in the works since July 2021, and it used extensive input from government, academia, and industry stakeholders. And it ties into what Kate and Nikki were talking about uh, with a focus on trustworthy development. Um, so making sure that AI is governable and that it doesn't, we aren't unintentionally building in bias and then not correcting the algorithms and then that's perpetuated. Uh, so the policy relies on five key principles to guide AI development, which are safe and effective systems, algorithmic discrimination protections, data privacy, notice and explanation, and human alternatives, consideration, and fallback. Do we have any examples of what these principles mean in practice? Do any in particular stand out to you? Yeah, so I think they're divided into semi-self-explanatory buckets, but it's a purposefully overlapping framework where the five principles are intertwined. They serve as a set of backdrops against potential harms. So the vision is to create more governance around AI and ensure it's understandable and equitable. I would say out of the five, one that I found most interesting uh, was notice and explanation. There has been talk around consent when it comes to technologies like if you're going to have technology, use your data, run through your personal information. Uh, humans 
whose information is being used should be able to, in theory, like an ideal world, be able to consent to that information being used and understand how it's being used. Uh, so I think that that'll be a talking point as we move forward with the blueprint for an AI Bill of Rights. Speaking of overlap, we actually have a new ethical AI mini-series where we had Dr. Gil Alterovitz, director of NIE at the VA, on to talk about this very blueprint. I believe, Sarah, you have a quote from him about the five principles. Yeah, so Gil will explain the five principles more in depth, so I don't want to take away from his fire. When you look at the different principles that we've uh, we've seen from the AI Bill of Rights, there's things around um, uh, discrimination protections, right? There are things around data privacy uh, that come about, um, and then uh, having alternatives. So, what if you uh, don't want to interact with uh, that AI? mode or you are looking for kind of a different uh, way to uh, another way to interact with um, a system. Are there potential alternatives? Um, you know, in in some cases, there may be uh, ways to uh, to do that. Um, and then, as I mentioned, transparency, right? Notice and explanation was one of the key items. So just to, so that people are aware not only about AI, but how, what kind of metrics it uses, what kind of data it's it's based on, all of those kinds of pieces can uh, play a role to understanding how, for example, safe and effective that system is, which is kind of the last uh, of the five pillars there that we've been looking at uh, within the VA that came from uh, the Bill of Rights. Um, there are other uh, principles as well from a trustworthy AI executive order, a binding order that has uh, nine different uh, principles. And so uh, we've seen a number of these frameworks come out. There's also one from OECD, uh, which is an international framework, it has another set of principles. Um, and uh, the VA has also some data ethics principles. There are a number of different ones of these. And so what we've done is worked on creating uh, mappings between these to find out what are uh, what principles are very similar, which ones are different, so that we can have and kind of establish these atomic units that we can then uh, look at and work to establish different ways to, to move forward, given all of these different frameworks that we want to be able to, to leverage and learn from. So with all of these frameworks and documents in mind, what does this mean for federal agencies? How will this guide AI use and development? And I would like just to hear a roundtable um, on how this is affecting various agencies. So DoD is a little bit unique in that DoD kind of does their own thing pretty much all of the time when it comes to stuff like this. So they actually have their own version of a, you know, ethical AI blueprint, if you will. And this was announced back in June 2022, so, you know, less than a year ago. And they go through, you know, a bunch of priorities in this document. And this was released when they stood up the Chief Digital NAI office at DOD in June 2022, which is new. So this document, you know, goes through things like, DOD will be responsible with AI capabilities and equitable and take deliberate steps to minimize unintended bias in AI capabilities. And uh, they also have some goals for AI capabilities to be traceable, reliable, et cetera, et cetera. 
So they kind of have their own document that goes into this. And DOD has also their own set of AI ethical principles that they adopted slash released in February 2020. So that's been around for a while, too. And, you know, it all pretty much says the same thing as the blueprint for AI Bill of Rights. Everyone's basically just saying the same stuff, like not to discount anything, but people are spending a lot of time saying the same things over and over again when it comes to AI. And I just think that's interesting. Anyway, so DOD has their own, you know, little thing going on. And in the chief digital and AI office, they have a division called the AI assurance division. And the goal of this division is basically to ensure that AI capabilities across DOD are being developed in an ethical and trustworthy manner. So we're actually looking at doing some media engagements with that division here pretty soon. I'll stop there if Sarah wants to add anything. So Dr. Gil Alterovitz recently joined us on HealthCast, as you mentioned, Alex, uh, for the first episode of our Ethical AI mini-series. So take a listen to that. He'll explain the importance of an oversight council or review board to drive transparency. So having those different perspectives to limit bias. I think that is the overarching theme at VA and what they're focusing on. Uh, is having that governance and transparency when it comes to AI. Uh, VA is also on the Data Governance Council to protect privacy and mitigate bias in algorithms. At VA's Long Beach Medical Center, they're implementing new procedures to monitor AI. And Alterovitz explained that a trustworthy AI playbook could be helpful, so I'd keep an eye out on how those policies continue to evolve. There are also national level initiatives to better monitor AI, and I'll turn it back over to Dr. Alterovitz so you can listen to what he has to say about that. And then there are also national level efforts around governance. So as, as the uh, responsible AI official at the VA, one of the responsibilities is to um, involve in approving these different plans around how do you ensure that the AI use cases uh, actually meet uh, the nine principles that I mentioned from the trustworthy AI executive order. And so we have to have a, uh, you know, a committee that, you know, will meet and, and it, it evaluates these different use cases and looks at where there may be potential biases. And, you know, it's something that then we learn from, right? Because as we look at some use cases, we find patterns. And so then we can make guidance that people, even before they start in the future, they can understand where these uh, can come from um, and then uh, hopefully develop solutions so that uh, from the beginning, uh, we can make sure to, in the design phase, look at these. And as I mentioned before, we're also interacting with the other agencies through uh, the responsible AI officials to learn more about how their doing things, communicate with the lessons that we've learned, then we learn lessons from others. And, and that's a great way to um, also be able to uh, understand if there are general patterns that aren't specific to one particular uh, you know, program that's running, but then we can apply it and learn from that to other, other uh, instances of that overall use case, or maybe even to other use cases. And then finally, VA has a national AI network, which brings together local AI research and development into a broader collaboration to make progress across the field. VA plans to expand the network moving forward. So to learn more about that, check out our HealthCast episode titled An Inside Look at VA's National AI Network.
like um, Kate and Sarah were saying, like these frameworks are going to be vital to guiding AI use and development at all agencies, including health and civilian agencies. The Department of Health and Human Services actually took multiple steps to advance AI during 2022. The AI office cultivated the AI community of practice, which provided an avenue for employees to connect through HHS on collaborative efforts and even share AI solutions. The AI office also stood up an AI council last year to offer strategic insights on AI and accelerate the use of AI across HHS. And in the future, that same AI council will also outline priorities, AI priorities, and offer other guidance as trustworthy AI solutions are distributed throughout HHS. The AI use case inventory was something that was also developed by the AI office to encourage health AI innovation and research. So it will help HHS staff track how and where applications are deployed. So I'm sure in 2023, HHS will just continue to build off of their efforts uh, from last year. Also um, for the Department of Energy, after consulting with NIST, they released an AI risk management playbook, and it was actually released last year. The guide was part of DOE's strategic mission to advance trustworthy AI and mitigate risks. According to DOE, recommendations include AI resiliency and assurances that span the AI lifecycle, such as supply chain, chain of custody for hardware and software, training and testing, machine learning models as well. The AI Risk Management Playbook will also be used to educate and upskill the workforce on AI risk management to further organizational resiliency as well. So I think this is proof that these playbooks and frameworks are already helping agencies achieve a great deal of success with AI technologies. Alex? Yeah, these frameworks, guides, and documents are just first steps towards better AI use in the federal government. I'm sure there will be lots of refining and defining as experts continue to weigh in on how to make AI more trustworthy and reliable. But rest assured, we here at GovCIO Media and Research will be here reporting on it every step of the way. Check out our website, govciomedia.com, for continued coverage on everything federal IT. Before we wrap up the episode, Kate, Sarah, Nikki, is there anything you want to leave our listeners with? Ethical AI is really going to come down to how well federal organizations are managing their data, because I really feel like AI is going to succeed or fail based on data management. And I know that's something that DOD is hyper-focused on. Pretty much everyone I've talked to at DOD about AI starts talking about data management when I ask about it from software factories like Hangar 18 over at the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, to data engineers who are working with the Defense Digital Service within the office of the Chief Digital and AI Officer. Like everyone's really focused on it. And I think it's encouraging to hear that there's people, you know, in Washington and these higher up roles who are more optimistic 
but are definitely focused on the data management piece. And then there are people who are, you know, more on the ground solving problems from a software factory perspective who are also thinking about that too. So I think that's a good sign that DOD recognizes that getting their data under control is really important for AI. So I expect that to be a bigger story, at least from the DOD side this year. How are we getting data ready for AI? I totally agree with that. I've heard variations of federal leaders say, like, if the quality you put in is the quality that you get out. So if you put bad data into AI, you're going to get a bad result. So I think first and foremost is data management and making sure your data is actionable and correct before you plug it into AI. And then secondly, I would say continuous monitoring is key. So even after an algorithm or AI is implemented, it has to be continuously monitored. You have to continue to keep tabs on it to make sure that it's producing the results you're hoping for and that those results are accurate. Nikki? Yes, I think AI, I think there's... It's promising for agencies. I think that it will be key in expanding data access and um, helpful with data sharing. So I think that that good things will come out of it as long as there is a way to mitigate the security risks. With all that in mind, that's all for today's GovCast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review on the podcast platform of your choice. We'll be back in two weeks with a new interview. But until then, I'm Alexander Bolova. I'm Kate Macri. I'm Sarah Seibert. I'm Nikki Henderson. Thank you for listening. GovCast, along with HealthCast and CyberCast, is a production of GovCIO Media and Research. For more podcasts and to check out the other shows, head to govciomedia.com. Watch out for new episodes released every Tuesday and Wednesday across our shows. You can follow all of them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you like what you heard, make sure to let us know by leaving a review. And if you have any topics you think we should look into, contact us at newsletter at govcio.com.